0: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Your Money Hour podcast. This is Dakota Grady, your host. Today, I'm with my friend. Been knowing her for almost 20 years. She is from yes. South Carolina, and her name is Tamara Houston-Hamilton. So <laughs> she has a business, and I want to get her on the show here and just talk about her business and what she's doing. But without ado, this is Tamara Houston,
1: welcome. Awesome. Hi, how are you?
0: I'm fine, how about you? Good,
1: good, good. It's Friday, yay, yeah, yay,
0: yeah, yay. Yeah. It is, it is, <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> So, I've
0: been knowing you for almost 20 years. We both went to Berea College, you. That's where I met you.
1: Yeah, I, I actually know. got my Berea College shirt on. I thought about that when I was downstairs. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, when you 20 years, I was like, 20 years, oh my gosh. I know, because it was fine 2001. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been a minute,
0: it's been a yes. minute for sure. And uh-huh. we have a mutual friend, Kiki Ramsey, that's how we met, Kiki. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tell me about who you are and your business, and we'll talk about that.
1: Okay, okay, awesome. So um, let's see, you said I was from South Carolina. Um, professionally, I just go by Tamara Houston um, because of, you know, the work that I do. Um, I am a clinical social worker and um, so I have a mental health group practice here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so there's myself and I have a few other contractors that includes clinicians and also a parenting coach. Um, we are licensed in a couple of states So um, we are also providing um, tele-mental health. So that's being able to provide the video services or I'm sorry, the mental health services, so therapy through like some type of device. So video or telephone, but it has to be a HIPAA compliant device. And we're also doing, um, we are doing some in-office sessions right now. And um, then I have another business as well, which is Houston Consulting. And that is my newer baby. Um, and that just came out of actually some work that I had already been doing um, with helping some private practice owners um, just kind of do startup or expansion. And um, I, I say that I'm, you know, my ideal client there is the client that that does not have the time to do this stuff for themselves. It's not that they can't do it, they just don't want to. <laughs> so they pay me to do it. Yeah, um, yes and so i uh provide um you know different levels of coaching and, and consulting for private practices and that has been um, really a great i say second arm to my business because um or i say my brand rather um because i get to help people all over um united states so i've been really blessed in that area um i also do some speaking engagements and training and um like QA quality assurance stuff um, for practices. So typically that's not, I don't talk about that a lot because it's more specific to someone that's in the business. Um, But I do that over there and I do a lot of mental health training. So that's, um, if if anybody knows about Houston Consulting, that's probably what they know of me from that is just doing um, trainings and um, workshops and stuff all over. So yeah that's pretty i'm married got kids you know whole nine (laughs) wow
0: so interesting how long have you been in business with the first business with the mental health practice um
1: well in total let me see it's uh it's been a little over five years um just a few months over five years actually and i started that actually just doing contract work and um, with the contract work, it's always advised to set up an LLC, so that's how I started. Um, and then um, I was working with a, a psychiatrist here locally, and there was just some other things that I wanted to do um, that I wasn't able to do in, in that practice, and that's you know, typically how, how it works when you're doing contract work for them. You do what they need you to do. Um, but I, I was just wanting to do some other things. So I ventured out and started um, providing mental health services on my own under my group name. Um, and it, at that time it wasn't a group, I shall say. It was just, you know, I was a sole proprietor. Um, but it was, um, I started out doing mobile therapy because I, my background is in hospice. I worked in hospice for eight years. So I was used to going into homes, um, and just quite frankly, I didn't have the money for brick and mortar and was just really ignorant to a lot of things in terms of just starting my own business and what it would require. So, but I knew how to go out into homes and I knew how to provide therapy services. So I started out that way and I did that for a little over a year and, um, then just kind of reaching out to some people in my village um, and ask, starting to ask questions about, you know, what it would take for me to get into a building and different permits and things like that I needed. And a friend of mine that I've known actually since I graduated from grad school, offered um, a space for me to practice. And that was another blessing because it was huge. So like, I was, you know, she, she really hooked me up. On that one, so I, um, I, even to this day, I I thank her for really kind of helping start the um, brick and mortar renewal life counseling. So um, started there, and then I had, um, through gaining some contracts, I ended up bringing on a uh, nurse practitioner, a site nurse practitioner, for a while, and then I had some. Older colleagues reach out to me that were interested in coming on board with me. And it just kind of went from there. So it was never my intention to start a group practice. I just kind of slid into it. So that is, I would also say kind of what helps with the Houston Consulting side is because um, everything I did with Renewal Life me as a group, I did backwards. So I was able to, I had to learn Things that you know normally would probably be delegated to someone else. I had to learn like the ins and outs and have quite a few failures, and so now I'm able to consult with other providers and just give them you know more of a streamlined way of setting up their practice and um, hopefully you know really being successful.
0: I think by you doing it, I guess backwards as you said, doing doing it backwards, yes, you actually (laughs) learned the hands on part though, yes, I did. To be able to train somebody else on how to build a business like yours absolutely
1: absolutely so it was great training ground not intentional at all but that's just how how it worked out um yeah i I learned a lot in fact my first year in solo practice i was um i didn't make any money meaning i didn't know how to build so that was like one of the things that i had to learn i didn't know like now um how we get paid in private practice is, you know, you either accept private pay, so your clients pay out of pocket or you are um, uh, paneled with insurance companies. And there's a whole process that goes along with it. Um, again, I was really ignorant to all of it. Like when I was told I needed to get on insurances, I was like, well, where? Happen. What What am I supposed to do? And I just had to, you know what I mean? It was, felt like walking through mud to get through it because it can be a very timely process. You have to be quite organized, I think anyway, for it to be an efficient um, process. Um, but I got through it. I learned. Um, I built some relationships. So, you know, that's what kind of makes it easier for me to do credentialing and stuff for other people because I know who to call. I know the questions to ask and so forth and so
0: on so so talk about that partner or networking how did that piece come into play you mentioned your friend with the office space mm-hmm. and then part me like talk about that piece part how more, How important is that for people to partner i mean just starting out
1: oh j- extremely important and i can't even stress that enough um i remember like my first day in brick-and-mortar and, mortar. and, and it, it hit me when I sat down at my desk and I was like, well, how are people going to find me? And it, it wasn't that I, I, I had a caseload built up already because I was doing um, the mobile, but I was seeing them at home. So I already had the um, challenge of transitioning those clients into coming into the office. Um, which some was easier than others because I was traveling all over the upstate, actually, to see clients, So that, you know, was another barrier in that. But I, I sat there and I was like, how like how are people gonna find me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I really just made a decision then that I had to put my marketing game on and I had to start, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a small town, had worked in a small town, um local to you know Greenville not that far I maybe mean, about an hour away but still it's my hometown people knew me you know I worked there had built relationships there so even though I lived here um in Greenville I didn't have the relationships here so I really just had to start over and there was probably a bit of anxiety on my part with that um because I just wasn't used to having to do that. So it was, you know, getting out, going to events that I just did not normally attend, Um, having a good elevator, you know, pitch, and (laughs) you know what I mean? And and just really being able to share with people quickly about what it is that I do and perhaps how um, my situation is set apart from maybe other therapists that they know and, and programs and stuff that I was trying to do at the time and so i spent geez i know at at least that first year just kind of hitting the pavement with it like i was going to something i had made a commitment i was going to something every week so that was really important for me um and then what the piece that i didn't know is being connected to the insurance companies is that insurance companies have a directory You know, so um, every client has access, that has insurance has access to that directory. So it is, the other piece to the marketing is just educating people about mental health. And so that meant um, really not being as territorial. So it's it's a balance. You have to craft territory, but then you have to be non-territorial in other areas because ultimately what I want as a clinician and I hope the same for other clinicians is we just want people to get help. You know what I mean? So it was more so about getting information out there just in general. How do you get started? People don't, you know, know about like deductibles and co-pays and co insurance and what the difference is, where they can find this information, what questions to ask, when you're looking for a therapist, what what do you need to be looking for? So it's just really that that kind of stuff that I, you know, was just kind of made it my business to provide education about um i wasn't all that big on social media and stuff then can't really say i'm all that big now Uh, you know um but i use it um but you know i wasn't doing like the videos and and all of that stuff then it was just more organic face-to-face kind of stuff that i was doing at that time and then also making sure that um People that I that I met and I worked with, um, and you know other jobs like knew what I was doing, knew that I had a practice and you know what areas that I was serving and how um, what I do could help serve the people that they were currently serving, and so that just made a huge difference in making those connections.
0: So, starting a business and you work with somebody, for example, is there some pushback from yourself internally to say? Well, if I go talk to this person, they may look down upon me because I don't have a lot of clients, for example, but I am doing a business. Did you feel that kind of anxiety? Like, well, they may look down upon you because you were asking for their help now that you're working for yourself, per se?
1: Um, for me, no. I understand where that anxiety can, where that can come from, for sure. But for me, no. Um, and probably just, that's just part of my personality. Like, I... Oddly enough, like I'm, am challenged by a note, and it, it was, it was some of that at play. The reason why I even got into, you know, going toward private practice anyway. So it's i it, it, it was just a thing for me. Like I'm always, I'm almost looking for somebody or looking for that kind of side eye, gonna be like, you really trying to, you get rid of it, you know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and that just gives me that little bit, you know. Of, I guess, extra push I need to to do it anyway. So I'm not, um, I'm not concerned about a no. I welcome a no because every opportunity isn't necessarily the opportunity for me. It can be an opportunity for someone. And um, I think that's a, another piece too, to maintaining that village is now I do have a lot of connections. And so I'm able to, with my consulting clients, different opportunities that come up, they're not necessarily opportunities i want or that i need it don't fit doesn't fit with my brand or i know somebody that's better at it you know just because it comes my way i know somebody that's better at it and i will share those opportunities and those resources with them so it may be a no for me whether or not i'm being told no or my response is no but but it's still useful information that you can i think use to still build those relationships and um just kind of really be solid in your
0: work all the way around. I think having an abundance mindset, like there's enough for everybody, is oh, very important too. Because I believe it. I think sometimes competition may be something that hinders people from saying, all right, if that person doing it, I can too. But, oh, well, maybe not because they're going to get out of the pot. But it's like, no, that's enough uh-huh. for all of us to succeed. Like you said. Absolutely. That particular person may not be not their
1: client for you, but it might be a client for someone else. Absolutely. My thing is I'm my competition. Like if I don't, if I don't get something, it's because I've gotten in my own way and I can like, I can give you a laundry list of things where I said I wanted to do something or you know, just just envision something and maybe didn't say it out loud, but I got in my own way. And then there are other opportunities where I was like, I'm going for it. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> it's about to happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know it's just it's a, um, I think it's just an internal thing. It's it's really just more intrinsic motivation than it is external. And I think that's great too to have like your your village, your cheerleaders. I, I think that's important too. Um, but at the end of the day, people can be cheering you on, and you can you know there can be so many people in your corner. But if you don't have it and you're not driven to do it it's not gonna
0: happen. That's true. And I did a podcast, actually, no, not a podcast, excuse me. I did a little video, it was a rant, basically. <laughs> Talking about people, it was a rant. <laughs> so I was like saying, people, they talk about things, but they don't, they're not taking action. I need yeah. help with getting this, I need help with getting that. But when it comes to actually doing the work, putting in the work, making like a business work, or to change your lives, or whatever it may be, you go on the sidelines, looking at someone else, taking action, and like, well, why not me?
1: Why not you? Because you ain't doing that. That's why. I'm not. <laughs> because because you're not you're not doing anything. And I'll sh- share this without going into a whole lot of detail, but like our conversation from the other day, um, you know, when I when I ended with like send me an invoice, the re- the where that came from is um, I found that I would share. I, I do not mind sharing information at all. But what I realized, and this was my personal experience, is that I would share information, and then like, you don't have a notebook out, you're not taking notes, you know what I mean? then you wanna call back again, and again, and again, and again. Well, that adds up, that's my time. And the same way I I learned through struggle, not that I wish that on anybody in particular, but I learned and I have retained that information because of the way I had to learn it. So I was like, well, if I have this wealth of knowledge, then I need to make, I need to turn that into something. You know what I mean? And so that was, you know, that that's part of it. And so because I have that, that, um, that, that drive for myself and I believe in that for myself, that there you can share information with people, but there should be a cap. To that at some point the motivation, whether it's financial, is time, but some type of resource that you are investing versus always saying, give me, give me, tell me, tell me, tell me, like what do what are you going to do to show people that you um that you also value, you know, the information that they're sharing with you as well. I think that is important to to have that kind of have that kind of mentality and and to piggyback off what you're saying. It's enough for everybody. So when you have that mentality, you get it right back. You get it back. It's true. You know, I, I can't think of any situations where I haven't. So I don't I don't get caught up in stuff like that. It's just, you know, I have a business. If you're frustrated about the fact that I'm not going to tell you everything about credentialing and walk you through every single application, well, that's unfortunate. This is my business now. There are certain things I will share with you because it's easy to learn. I'm sharing information that you could Google. You
0: know, correct. Correct. And I heard a lady say, basically, it's the what and the how. The what is all right, this is what you do. That's free. the How is implementation. You pay for that part right there. Right?
1: That's
0: it. So I think I'll do one last question. We have like seven minutes. What is your why in your business? Like, why did you go in business? Like, what's your why? Because I think people may go in business because. Of the money, and for, for me it's passion. But mm-hmm. everybody's different though. So what is your why, what's you motivated? Because if you don't have a why, if you don't have a desire, there's no point. It's like, what are you trying to lose weight, not smoking, do mm-hmm. the business, get married. If there's no want, no desire, no passion for that, there's no point. So what's mm-hmm. your why?
1: Um, there were three whys for me. Um, I think just foundationally, you know, I am a clinical social worker and I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do and I wanna see people um, be able to function at an optimal level. And so whether I was working for someone and working for myself, that passion would be the same. So that was, it, it was just, it just kind of bled in, in, into that. Um, another one for me is that I needed the flexibility um, in my schedule and I found that um, the way my life is set up, I can't work a nine to five. You know, I need, I may need to work a couple of hours in the morning and it, right now, like, I'm not seeing anybody until if you can't catch me at the two o'clock then, you know, um, cause I have virtual school with my kids. So I needed that flexibility and I knew that with them growing up um, in different ages that they were going to need me in different ways and I wanted to be available. So that that was like my major why is just my family. Like I I, I needed to um, I needed to be available in a way that I could feel good about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one was I wanted to do business differently. Um, I am not a micromanager. I have no room for that in my life and my brand and the people that I work with. They know that. <laughs> you know I'm really. Um, I'm really passionate about them succeeding. And when I say that, I'm not just saying it to be cliche. Like, I'm really passionate about them succeeding, and they know that about me. Um, I will, I, I talk to them about how to build their business because they do have a business. Even though they're affiliated with my brand, I say, it is it, it's, it's my brand the building is the building that's where we all work at you know what i mean but but you also have a brand you also have a business and i am passionate about them operating their business in an ethical way making sure that they have financial stability from it and that you know they're not being overwhelmed so anyway i can kind of step in and help out I want to be able
0: to do that. So that was my my third why is I wanted to do business differently. Wow, Passion, having that flexibility and then do business different. Awesome. Yeah. So how can people learn about you, your businesses
1: mm-hmm. and how
0: whether well, social, your website? Uh, okay. Yeah,
1: floor. So again, it's renewal life counseling. Um, the website is the namesake say www.renewallifecounseling, and it is two L. So if you type it out, <laughs> don't be confused. The two L's It's Renewal Life Counseling. Um, that's the website. That's also on Facebook and on Instagram is renewal life underscore R L C. And then Houston Consulting is on um, Facebook as well as Instagram. Do not have the web page out for that yet, but working on it. Um, so, yeah, and you can call 864-416-4560. You'll get me every time. <laughs> but um, I can, you know, provide any information that you may need about mental health services or if you want to get connected with one of our providers. I can pretty much walk you through the entire process.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Tamara. And thank thank you. you all for joining us on the Your Money Hour podcast.